Hello? Yo, what's good? It's Upsom on my way. Upsom, you are? Okay. Are you finding your way okay here? Dude, I got completely lost. I'm like five behind. I'll see you soon. Hey, um, do you want, I have three musketeers and Milky Ways and chips. Do you want any of that ready for you so when you walk in, you can have a snack? Say less. I'll have all of them. Let's go. All right. (laughs) I'll see you in a few minutes, Upsol. Bye. Your name is Stryker? Yes, it is. That's fire. (laughs) Wow. I love sandwiches. It's called tuna on toast. I, I, I spit. I don't know what I'm doing. I love music and I love those that create. Yeah, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Tuna on Toast. It's your friend Ted Stryker here. This is a bonus episode today. I don't think they even know it, but it's brought to you by Hammer Toyota. My friends at Hammer Toyota. We've been working together for like eight years. Here's what you need to know about Hammer. Look, if you go to the lot, or if you go online, you don't have to tell them you know me. It's none of that. They're just really cool people that work there. They're hard workers. They treat their customers like rock stars. Just about all the music you like, they like as well. However you stereotype car dealerships, they are the exact opposite. My friend Johnny, we didn't know each other eight years ago, but we're friends now. He's the general sales manager. You always see him on my Instagram. If you have a moment and you are looking for a car, you want to sell your car, it's H-A-M-E-R, Hammer Toyota. This is a bonus episode today featuring the great young artist named Upsall, who I found out in the interview. I'm not going to give too much away, obviously. She's 22 years old, and she's from Phoenix. Why am I having Upsall on? So a couple things. One of my many goals uh, when it came to this podcast, Tuna on Toast, was I want to talk to those bands and those artists who have made us so happy over so many years, like Tom DeLong, Tom Morello, also Mike Shinoda, and then some younger artists. Now, we can say Phineas, yes, he's 24 years old, but that guy, he's A++ level. I really, really miss being on the radio and playing new bands and young bands and being kind of like that voice to let you know, hey, this artist should be on your radar. So what I'm going to do on Tuna on Toast every now and then is bring in young artists, young bands that you need to know about. And maybe we're going to find the next Gwen Stefani or the next Killers or Rage Against the Machine or 21 Pilots. I still want to use my voice and my platform. You know, it's Tuna on Toast. It's a growing podcast, but I want to be there for young artists. I know how hard it is uh, to succeed in the business. And so even if I can be like 0.001% uh, help to them. That's what I want to do. Do they need me to be successful? Obviously not. But I really have a good time asking questions that I have no idea the answer to. Just asking Upsall, where are you from? And she said, Phoenix. This whole picture for me was created. Oh, wow. You grew up in Phoenix. What was your family like? What did your dad do? And what her dad did? That's a really interesting answer. Upsall, just so you know, uh, again, 22 from Phoenix, her debut album, was just released called Lady Jesus. She also uh, did a song with Mike Shinoda and Ian Dior, and that particular track went top 10. Another goal that I had for this show, (laughs) I cannot tell you how stressed I was (laughs) that I was never going to get an episode done on Tuesdays. I'm like, all right, I'm telling everyone, tune on toes Tuesdays, there's going to be a new episode out. The amount of nervous stomach ache 
that I had and how many ounces of Pepto-Bismol I took during the month of September before the debut episode trying to lock in these guests. Luckily, there's been a new episode every single Tuesday, and that will continue throughout the rest of this year and next year. And I hope to have quite a few bonus episodes as well. Hey, quickly, I want to get to two questions that I've received quite often on Instagram. And I did not expect any questions like this on my social media. Ted Stryker. Instagram, also Tuna on Toast Instagram. And you can watch the episodes on YouTube, my YouTube channel. I've done a terrible job at promoting the YouTube channel where you can watch the interviews. Uh, A couple questions that I have received. One, have all the artists shown up on time? The answer is yes. Every single artist that has been here, and there's been quite a few ones that you don't know about yet, right at the dot, the time they were supposed to be here, they walked right in. People are so curious about that I do this out of my house. Another question is, do they bring a lot of guests with them? I tell all the artists to come over, bring whoever you want. It doesn't matter. There's not a lot of room in the Tunanto studio, but they can hang out in the family room area and just look at the books in there. Everyone has just showed up with one guest. Actually, when Tom DeLong got here, Showed up on his motorcycle. It was just him. And during the middle of the interview, I could hear in the background, there was like a knock on the door. It was just someone from his record label. And they walked in and just hung out in that living room. Up saw the guest today. She was with one person from her label, Mike Shinoda. His wife joined him because my wife and his wife have become friends. No one has just shown up with like eight people. Phineas just had one person with him. She was from his record label. Yeah, so it's pretty low-key. Everyone comes in. They let their hair down. Everyone's very relaxed. They go into the refrigerator. I got a bunch of treats and snacks for them. Uh, Part of the counter in the kitchen. It's just all snacks. All right, let's just, let's get to the interview. I don't need to tell you about the snacks. There's gummy bears. Also, graham crackers are available. Water, sugar-free Red Bull. If you want alcohol, all of it is here. Tuna toast. I'm blabbling too much. I'm just full of excitement that we have a bonus episode going on. Sit back and relax. This is Upsol. Shaw, do you think the mic is too low where it is right now on me? It is? Okay. Is it good for me? Oh, like away from me a little more? Oh, nice. Okay. Is the last track on the album the title track? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening to it. Of course. I I really like it. We're going to get to it in the interview. I mean, let's start it right now. Obviously, yes. Upsal is here. She's at my house. She's sitting right next to me. Upsal, how are you? Good. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming here. I really, really appreciate it. I'm very stoked. Cool. But let me just, I mean, be honest. As you were driving here, did you at all say, what the hell is this? We're going to somebody's house. We were, we got lost. We were, we were like, I was like, how do, if I lived in a house that's like this up the windy road, I was like, there's no way I would ever find my way home ever. Oh my. It's great. I'm so stoked to be here though. Okay. Seriously. Awesome. Um, Tom DeLong, by the way, from Angels and Airways and Blink-182 yeah. said the exact same thing as you. Moves. I think he was a little, you are not flustered at all. He was so flustered when he got He's here. like, where do you? live yeah yeah. he grabbed two red bulls and just downed them just right away okay as we sit here today lady jesus full-length album is out what are you feeling right now 
a lot of it's weird a lot of things it's my first album um and i feel like i've kind of been like building up to this my whole life i'm only 22 but you know still it's like a very big moment for me it is it's weird i feel like i'm it's a mixture of me being very excited but also terrified because i feel like it's such a like autobiographical album so if people don't like it i'm like you don't like me shit you know it's gonna be interesting but yeah i'm very excited but I think Share one of the, the world. yeah, one of the great things that you have going for yourself is at the end of the day, authenticity rules. And if you're for putting sure. yourself out there on a record, holy crap, that's got to be so difficult. Yeah. So I don't know how people are going to listen and be like, I, I, I don't like that. This is <laughs> yeah. because this it's you. You're not writing for someone else on this and their experience. It's your experiences. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I think that it's honestly it's been a journey to kind of try to figure out how to find the like power in being so vulnerable in writing. So now I like love it. It's my form of, of therapy. Honestly, it's like free therapy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm just excited for everyone to like hear the story and like listen to the album, hopefully from like start to finish. Yeah, we'll see. How did you get to that point to let yourself be so exposed on what's happening on the inside? I think it was this, I wrote this song called Drugs like three, four years ago and I was terrified of the song because I was like, this is going to make people, some people angry. Like, I'm saying some crazy stuff. And I remember I sent it to my team, and I was like, this could be for another artist. I would never put this song out. And they were like, Taylor, the song's kind of dope. Like, you should put the song out. And I had to, like, go on this, like, kind of self-discovery journey of what's the point of music if it's not a little controversial? Like, wow. what's the point of music if you're not saying what you want to say unfiltered? And so that song kind of, like was my reality check. I feel like I woke up to myself and like how I song right now. And that's a great thing that I just heard from you say that you had your team say, no, you should do this because yeah. over my whatever years in music, sometimes a team, while they mean well, will steer you in a direction that is not the true person that yeah. you are. No, I feel so lucky. I've had my team since, I, especially my manager, since I was like 17. Are you so. serious? You're like five years in. Yeah. And it's, at 22, you're not the same person at 17. Very, so this yeah. this person has grown with you, I guess, and it feels pretty good. Yeah, exactly. It's really cool to have people who like, yeah, you know, have your like best, their best in, or your best intentions yeah. or whatever. I don't know. It's I feel very lucky. All right. I want to figure out from before 17 years old, did you always want to be a musician? What Did you want to be a scientist? Were there sports? No sports. <laughs> okay. um, my dad was in like punk bands growing up. Yes. So Is I, his name Mike? Mike. Mike, yes. okay. Mike Upsall, yep. a legend. We love him. Um, But yeah, he was in punk bands all throughout my childhood. So I was just kind of like, I want to do what my dad's doing. Like, this is dope. There would be like random bands crashed out on our living room floor <laughs> who were touring through Phoenix at the time. And like... I would have breakfast with these punk rocker dudes at like five years old. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. I like need to be a part of this. Like I want to crash on people's living room floors. Like this is great. And um, I guess there was never like a moment of me deciding I wanted to do music. It was always just like the biggest part of who I was and the only thing I was even like remotely good at. So I just have been doing it since I can remember. Yeah. And, and it sounds like you gravitated towards the lifestyle of being a musician. It's not all oh, we're going to stay at the four seasons on the top floor and yeah. I've got a bus with, right. uh, you know, with all my friends and anything I want like this. The punk rock scene and punk rockers. And yes, I put Green Day in this category, but they started off like that, sleeping on people's yeah. floors. And then they're one of the biggest bands in the world. Um, are there any musicians that we would know of that stopped by your house? Whoa. Um, let's think. There was this band 
band called Scared of Chaka that would crash on our living room floor. It's like some <laughs> punk band. Flake music, which became like the shins. I'm trying to think of oh, like wow. other yeah, I don't know. I just or like Jets to Brazil. It's just some oh, random. Oh yeah, band. Jets to Brazil. Yeah. Whoa. So it was funny because yes. then I was when I, once I turned like ten, I was like, all these dope bands are rolling through. So I like ripped the carpet out of my room and like made it just concrete and I would like make all these bands that came through sign my floor in my bedroom. So at one point I had like all these dope bands like sign on my bedroom floor. I wish I had a picture. I need to find that. But yeah. Do you guys, fun. does your dad still live there? Yes. It's he still does. the same house. We have to like rip, we have to like take the tile out and like see the concrete. Wait, so the concrete is still sitting <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, with the sign vans. I got a nose on there. Yes. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And was it just you and your dad growing up in that house? No, it was both of my parents have been like madly in love since they were like 15. It's crazy. It's like giving me the most unrealistic expectations for my love life because they're like the cutest um Aww. but yeah they they both are very musical and then i have a younger sister and a younger brother so i'm the oldest but very musical household always just like jamming playing instruments yeah it's been fun and this was in phoenix arizona all phoenix. all this was happening and in this day and age as you know more than anybody in this room right now it doesn't matter where you're from these days if you're talented you can get your singing skills anywhere and someone can find you no matter where where they are in the world. How did it initially get going for you? I I guess I was just always, we had a band room in the house, so I was always kind of making music. And then one day I played a song that I wrote that was probably pretty horrible at like a talent show at my, I went to a performing arts school and one of the teachers that I had had heard it and her husband at the time had a recording studio and she was like, that song's like not bad. You should come record it. So me and my dad like went into the studio and yeah. that turned into me making a bunch of albums throughout high school and Wow. And you, were you going to just a normal regular high school? It was so it was like a performing arts school in Phoenix. So but it was all like classically trained. So I was doing like classical piano and voice and guitar or whatever. Wow. But it was still like, you know, there was like the arts community that I was like a part of all the time. Um so yeah, I guess I was just like putting out albums in high school that now I look back and I'm like kind of embarrassing, but it's okay. Oh. Um we're growing, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, then one day I just had heard this song that I liked on the radio and it was by this artist, Max Frost. And I decided to put a cover of it on YouTube, which I never did. And his manager saw it and now he's my manager and he's kind of like gotten me into the whole like industry side of it. But I guess I was just like making music. Wow. Max forever. Frost. He's from Austin, Texas. Austin, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. I definitely know who that dude is. So you do the cover. His manager says, whoa, who is this person who just yeah. did that? Reaches out to you. You sign with this guy, mm -hmm. and did you have any hesitation on, uh, I don't, this is, I mean, I don't know what's going on with this, or was it, I feel good right away? It was, I just was ready to full send. Like, I'm pretty sure the first time my manager now called me just about being like, hey, like, I want to know who you are. I was like, great, do you want to manage me? Because I'm ready to go. <laughs> like, you just give, let me know when. Like, I want to do this. Um, yeah, I was, think I was just ready to full send and, like, really wanted to figure out a way to be in LA and just like making music every day. So I was just like down to do whatever. Like, yeah, it was fun. So cool. Upsaw. Here's something that's at the top of my list that I give props to, because I could have never done it. Someone who's somewhere between 18 and 23 moves from where they're from to LA. Yeah. So first of all, did your parents say, wait, hold, let's wait a little bit to do this. Or did they say, honey, go for it. See you later. They, yeah, they're very different than what you would expect for most parents, honestly. I, Cause I, the art school that I went to was also a college prep. So like my whole life, it was like, you're supposed to go to college right after you graduate. And I remember it was like my senior year, I had already had my manager and 
my parents were like, like they like sat me down at the dinner table and like we never had like family meetings but they were like we're calling a family okay. meeting <laughs> we don't think you should go to college just like do music and we'll like we just like fully support you like wow. go do your thing that is not how parents are supposed to be but love to see it thank you and yeah i just like moved to la when i was 19 and have just been here since and go drive back to phoenix all the time because i'm so close with my family but yeah i feel very lucky to have the parents i do to like kind of push me to like make the move random question maybe it's dumb when you moved here did you guys like get in a station wagon and fill it up <laughs> or did you get on southwest with a bunch of boxes <laughs> i drove by myself well, okay in my little i had a really crappy car it was like a honda accord packed my life into it i was going to meet with publishers and i drove through the night and a publisher is someone who represents you as a songwriter a songwriter okay. yeah, yeah, yeah so i was i was meeting with a bunch of different publishers and i had had a meeting at like 10 a.m in la and i drove at like midnight from phoenix to la Get to LA. This is like my first time being here. First meeting. I'm moving here. Total my car within like five minutes no. of being in Los Angeles. And I was like, great. I was like stranded with all my boxes on the side of the street. Missed the meeting. And I was like, you can only go up from here. Like, this is fine. Welcome to LA. I guess this is how it goes. And yeah, that was my like introduction to my life out here. It was me totaling my car. Oh great. my God. <laughs> when you go to this meeting and you're meeting with a with a publisher, are you nervous going into that? Or is it more of they know what you are and how you write as a songwriter and it's just like, oh, we just want to meet for five minutes and we're going to go from there? I think for me during the time, I was just excited. Whether anything comes out of this, my whole life, all I've wanted is to get to go into the big label office and take the meetings yes. and do the thing and have yeah. people that like believe in me in the slightest. Like, I think I was just stoked to, to be there, even though I told my car or whatever. I was just like <laughs> excited to be like meeting people that liked my music in some way. Um, so I think I just tried to just like hang on to the excitement of it. I'm sure I was a little stressed, right. but yeah, it was more fun for me. It doesn't matter who you are when somebody like is giving you some sort of validation for the job that you have been doing up to that point. Yeah. It feels so good. Oh, it's rad. Yeah. <laughs> Especially cause you know, like your parents are always going to be your biggest supporters. But I'm like, okay, right. my parents even if it stinks, even hey, if so you good. suck, exactly. I'm like, what if I actually suck? And my parents have been just like lying to me. So it was nice to have people on the outside actually believe in it too. Yeah. We're going through a lot of your highs right now over the last two years or three years. Have there been some lows for you? For sure. Yes. Um, my first year in LA, I hated it here. I didn't really like know anyone. Um, I just knew like I moved here with a couple of other musicians and that was rough. I mean, I feel like LA is such a brutal place. So I wrote like my first EP about me just being a complete mess in LA and then, you know, kept making music. Then quarantine happened and I wrote an EP called Young Life Crisis yes. about me also being a mess in LA <laughs> and then I went through a breakup with like the only person I'd ever really like been with. Oh. Lived together. We're together since we're kids. And you basically. had the high hopes because of your parents had a roadmap. Of so in, exactly. And I was like, this is this is my forever oh, person. My God. And then it ends during quarantine. And I'm like, well, half of me just like walked away. Like, who am I without this person? And so I just kind of threw myself into the studio and ended up writing my album Lady Jesus about it. And now I feel like I'm the best I've ever been. I'm sure another crisis will happen soon and I'll have another album about it. But for now, I feel like making this album has been like so therapeutic and I feel like I'm finally like good, which is dope. IDFW feelings. Yes. Holy macaroni. Okay. <laughs> 
I can never be in your shoes, but that one I felt I feel a lot of the songs. That one I really do. Where along in making this album did you did you write that? Was that something early on or towards the end? Yeah, the way the album is is sequenced is written or is in the order that I kind of wrote the song. So it goes with douchebag. Yeah. It starts with that hundred percent not a chance that I'm wrong. Yes. You are a D bag. I know you're not gonna pull one over on me, mister. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it starts with me being very angry at the world with douchebag. And then ends with Lady Jesus, which is me not being angry at the world anymore. It's great. Uh, but yeah, IDFW Feelings is about, yeah, I guess I wrote that like halfway through making the album when I just decided that if I didn't have feelings in the first place, nobody could hurt my feelings. Right. Oh, and that yeah. was kind of my, my motto for a minute. That's such a good note. Uh, great information it goes in sequence these songs so when you listen to the album lady jesus know that when it, this is a story from beginning to the end and i like the segue from last supper into the title track cool thanks. yes yeah you're welcome tell me about last supper before lady jesus please yeah last supper i honestly i feel like this past year has been the worst year of my life but also the best year of my life i feel like they kind of go hand in hand but the one thing that's been so consistent is my friends. Like, so I was like, I have to have a song about how dope my friends have been to me this past year. And I wanted it to be, you know, on theme with the Lady Jesus thing. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, it's the Last Supper. It's a small crew of people, but we're vibing. Um, so yeah, it's basically just that song's for my friends. Yeah. I love that song. And then I love again how it segues right into Lady Jesus, the, the title track. And I'm sorry if this is a dumb question. I know every person speaking to you is going to ask. So Lady Jesus means what to you? Yes. Okay. Is that all right if I ask that? <laughs> Epic. No, thank you. Okay. Um, yeah, Lady Jesus for me, I guess is I, I, when I started the album, I thought I was going to write a breakup album. I was like, I'm going to write the saddest breakup album of all time. It's going to be great. And then as I, you know, like started healing and getting over it, it became an album about rebirth and like me feeling like a completely different person and like falling in love with myself and learning who I was. And so I felt, I remember one day I was, I was in a writing camp in Nashville with my friends who I made most of the album with. And it like hit me all of a sudden. I was like, I think I'm okay. Like, I don't think I'm sad anymore. This is weird. I feel like I've been like reborn or whatever so that day we wrote the song lady jesus and then that day i was like this makes so much sense like this is the album like this is what we're calling it but i also think i'm sure i'm gonna piss off some like religious people with the title but growing up at like i've been to church i know how it goes but i think lady jesus and the reason we went with the title is because like i feel like in any religion people always put so much like trust and like power in this other being to like save them and lady jesus is kind of about like finding that trust and power like within yourself you can save yourself which is so cheesy but I, no. that's how i feel like it's been the past year yeah. you are good you are creative and strong as i said at the top <laughs> it's all coming to fruition for me yes. okay um and then there's a song called thriving Yes. And this is kind of in the middle of mm -hmm. the album. Tell me about Thriving, please. Yes. Thriving is, yeah, it's, it's right in the middle. It's the, for me, it's like the turning point of the album of right. like sad yes. girl to, to baddie. Yes. Um, but yeah, I guess I feel like the past, yeah, year and a half or whatever, when everything has been just like going awful and seems like, like more things just keep going wrong. I just kept saying to myself, it's fine, I'm thriving, like really sarcastically. I it was like my quote, I would say it all the time. And so I was in a session, and I was like, why haven't we made this into a song yet? Like I say it 20 times a day. Uh, so yeah, we just made a very sarcastic song about 
pretending you're thriving even though you're actually doing horrible and just kind of owning being a mess and like it really is about like faking it till you make it and mm. I feel like once I started just telling myself I was thriving even though I wasn't I feel like I started to believe it and that kind of led me to Lady Jesus and like where I'm at now at the end of the album so I guess it works if you want to tell yourself you're thriving on your worst days very helpful. I love that. <laughs> um, do you write or go into your phone or is it two of you or by yourself just thinking of ideas? How do they come to fruition for you? Yeah, um, most of it is just me. I feel very lucky because making the this album, I finally have like a crew of like producers and writers who I love and respect and we all just kind of get each other and like got to make this all like together. So it's like just as much their project as it is mine. It's been really, really fun. But yeah, most of the, the songs have been me just kind of walking into the studio, planning about my life or however I was feeling that day. And then sparks a conversation between all of us. And we just kind of talk in circles about it until someone says something that we're like, wait, that could be a song title. Like, that's cool. And someone picks up a bass and then makes a track. It all just kind of happens organically. But I think most of the songs on the album are a result of me just like pretending I was in therapy. Like I feel so bad for all these writers. I would go in and just be like, you'll never <laughs> guess what happened today. And like, they're like, tell us like what we need a song. So yeah, it's been a very like autobiographical thing for sure. And what's really cool. I think if you just take out your lyrics and just listen to the music, I mean, there's like two or three ways you can go when you're hearing these, these just the musical part. Oh, this makes me feel great. But then you're singing about something that is so personal. I'm like, yeah. Oh my God. And that combination in a song I think I like those to me are the best songs cool, when the music nice. can make you feel so much like this but then the lyrics the like, lyrics, like oh, you're like wait I'm yeah, sad exactly yeah word, thank you uh, yeah what about uh doing live performances where are you on that have you been rehearsing are you going you're going on the road here pretty soon in yeah, November like yeah yeah. I, yeah yeah how do you feel very excited <laughs> I did not realize how much I missed tour until I played my first show back like a couple of weeks ago and like was so like the most serotonin I felt in forever. Like I'm sure like just even going to shows like I've missed that so much. Yeah. So honestly, just getting to jam again with my band and like hear live music in a yeah. room is like yeah. the best feeling ever. So. How many people on stage with you? It's me, my drummer Ross and my guitar player Johnny. It's just the three of us. It's very fun. It's a good time. Other than everybody you've worked with, my question for you is you have one song to make only right now. Who do you who comes in as a producer oh and who comes in as a collaborator on the microphone with you? Once it can't be anyone you worked with have before, to pick so there's two no people. Or just one if you oh, want. People I've never worked with yes, before. Yes, never worked with before. I was before. like, I'm gonna piss people I work with off if right. I have to decide. You can't they do <laughs> not count right now. Um my, they matter in life, but not in this <laughs> yeah, 20 seconds. Exactly. Uh I my like dream collab is Doja Cat. I'm obsessed with her. That okay. would be sick. Doja Cat. Producer. I've wanted to work with Phineas forever. I feel like that would be so fun. I mean, obviously he's like a genius. Yes, so he is. That would be crazy. Phineas and Doja, that'd be great. All right. Yeah. Um, who were some I since we're just getting to know each other, musical influences growing up or just artists that you looked up to either the way they created their music or the way they carried themselves as a professional um i mean my dad was obviously had a really big influence on me but the music i grew up listening to a lot of like no doubt and gwen stefani yes. i was obsessed with gwen <laughs> like she's just the most badass like having a, a woman like her leading a band of dudes and like saying whatever she wanted 
wearing whatever she wanted act like the way she acts on stage Doing is so push ups on stage yeah like yeah. she's just epic she's like such a powerhouse so growing up and watching her i was like i want to be like her she's so cool um and you are there's gonna be oh, people coming to your me, show there's gonna be and they're gonna be like oh my god look how great this person is on stage right now <laughs> writing these songs taking her career into her own hands and doing something really good we're trying we're trying we're just trying to be like gwen we're all trying to be like gwen yes. you know uh, I just I, want to look that good in a tracksuit one right? day. Right? <laughs> I'm like, how do you? Oh, she's so rad. Um, but yeah, a lot of like No Doubt and Gwen and like I loved Weezer growing up. But then I also really loved like Outkast. Like I oh, just feel like yeah. I listen to a lot of stuff. But No Doubt was kind of like my big one. Yeah. That's great. All right. Well, that's it. We're going to wrap it right there. Love it. Wow. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. This of was course. so fun. Can't wait to see you play on the road. And of course, we will continue to listen to Lady Jesus. When you guys are watching this, it's already out. And when you start to think about great artist, artists from Arizona, you got Meat Puppets, Jimmy Eat World, Gin Blossoms, and Upsall. See you yeah. guys later. Thanks for watching. Yay, that was so fun. Oh, great. I, I, Awesome. That's another episode of Strikers Tuna on Toast. Promise it'll get better. Most likely. For sure. <laughs> Maybe. I like Upsall. I will always root for her and I hope you do as well. Think about when you were 22. Maybe you're 22 right now. I was the most irresponsible, the opposite of goal-oriented. I don't think I had a ton of self-awareness. I don't know if I appreciated everything as much as I should have at the time. She's a professional. She's got an album out. She's had a top 10 song. She came out here basically on her own in a car, as you heard, and got into a car accident. That is Upsol. Hey, it's all about me and you. We're growing this thing together. I have two tentacles. I type on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok, and I got the YouTube channel, and then it's up to you to spread the word on this thing. There's no, there's no one else to help us, so... If you like this episode or the Tom Morello, Tom DeLong, Phineas, Mike Shinoda, the record company, please tell your friends. You can go back and listen to all of them. Our next guest is going to be Brett Gerwitz. So that's it. Check out the YouTube channel, Instagram, Ted Stryker, Instagram, Tuna on Toast. Have a great rest of your day and thank you again. Happy snuggles. Bye-bye.